Welcome to the Heart of Healthcare podcast. In series three, we'll be talking about healthcare from a global perspective, offering deep discussions about what it will take for a system shift that will benefit patients and healthcare professionals when medicine is practiced from the heart. We'll be hearing from Stephanie Mo Davis, Drs. Ruby Shah, Dan Dinenberg, and Diane Bonhoeffer as they share insights and wisdom from their personal experiences. We hope you enjoy the podcast. Hey, hello. Hi, Ruby. Hi, Stephanie. Hi, Dan. Hello, everybody. Hey. Hey. (laughs) This is so exciting. So we're going into the next edition here in the next episode of our series. And today we want to talk about sovereignty. That is one of my favorite topics. I think that's really kind of the nuts and bolts of changing healthcare changing the future of healthcare, if we can actually have a conversation about sovereignty and what does it mean. And I'm really excited because we're coming from talking about resonance. We're talking about opening the portal of the heart. We're talking about self-awareness. And from here, we're entering into sovereignty. And just to kind of take a sneak peek at the next episode where we want to talk about seeing the human before the disease. So we want to talk, we want to explore sovereignty, what it means for healthcare in a setting where we come from a heart openness and we come from a connectedness and we move to seeing the other as a full person and not as a problem to be solved not as a kind of medical conundrum, not as a Sherlock Holmes job, not as a Dr. House task, right? But actually a real human being and to see their experience through their eyes and then add our perspective and see in how can that actually together create a different way of working together. So for that, it's obvious that we need to see what does it mean to be centered? What does self-awareness mean? This is what we talked about last, last time. And, and how do we then move from self-awareness to sovereignty? So let's just start this off by, by asking, what is our respective understanding of sovereignty? So from a patient perspective, from a healthcare perspective, from a holistic healing exp- perspective, and from a system perspective. So let's, let's look at that. Um, what is sovereignty? And I wonder, Dan, if you wanted to start off today with um, with sharing what is sovereignty to you as a as a holistic healer and as somebody who has been kind of in the matrix and out of the matrix, as you as you have described it. Where does sovereignty come in for you here? Yeah, thank you so much, Jan. It's also something that I think about quite a bit. I think of sovereignty as truly just autonomy of independence of self determination. And this idea of being the author of our own life, um, the creator of our own reality. And when you can think about that, you immediately are dissolving the systems. And I believe the systems of power that exist that hold us in what we're calling the matrix or what you're calling kind of the explanation of that. And so the moment that that dissolves, And I could, in my own life, have that self-determination of creating my own path that I am authentically 
moving and evolving and pivoting and sharing and creating in a different way that's not algorithmic. It's not something that I've been taught and something that I need to do, but the experience of what I've been taught and then showing up and seeing what's needed. So in the same way that we have this conversation, I think that um, many people are still, you know, you're preparing for what you're going to say instead of just staying in the place of the conversation and seeing where what, what it brings out in you. And if you can do that, that is a choice. It's a choice to stay in that place where you can then start to write your own reality. And I think that that becomes a really important place for both clinician and patient to live in because that's where the magic can happen. That's what we're kind of, we're, we're allowing that. And it also shifts the entire outcome. I'll just share another thing is like just on a very personal level, kind of in moving through residency, I remember looking down every single day and you're looking at a different pen from a pharmaceutical company, right? And it's just these subtle little aspects of our lives that you realize at some point you're like, you know what? I can buy my own pen. I don't know if this really impacts my medical decision-making, but there's obviously someone that made a choice that somehow sneak this pen into my residency or try to, that I would be using it so that if I'm writing a prescription, it could be that. And so that to me, it's like getting goosebumps just thinking about it. That was the beginning in my training of self-determination of that autonomy of like, I don't need to use this. I'm not sure if it impacts me or not. Someone else is betting that it probably does. And so I'm just not going to do that. And so you start to, um, you know, beat to your own drum and start to make those choices. And then you realize that over time, you look back at my career and you're like, wow, all of this is completely different. This is a next level medicine that I've never seen done because this is my own experience and my own reality. And it continues to go there. So that's sort of like a, a kickoff into my understanding of, of sovereignty. Thank you, Jan. Mm -hmm. Wow, love that. Um, and particularly a couple of aspects here. I think I want to highlight that the word sovereignty is often understood as, as kind of state sovereignty, right? So political sovereignty of a state. That's kind of, at least for in my upbringing, in my conditioning, that's, that's, the, first, that's the first interpretation. And yet here we're talking about personal sovereignty. And you brought up, I think, two really important um, aspects. One is to be, you mentioned like being the author of our lives. And, and I think we may go as far as saying, what about if we're not just the author of our lives, but what if we are the scriptwriter, the author, and the director of the movie as well, and, and the movie star? <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> so <We're here. laughs> we actually get to, to play all different roles, right? What does that do to our idea of sovereignty? And one of the things that it leads to that you mentioned is that you said it's not algorithmic. I love that. <laughs> sovereignty, I think that's really cool. Sovereignty is something that is like structurally not algorithmic. Sovereignty means like I'm not predictable. I'm living in the moment and I'm trusting in the intuition and the insight and the whatever comes up in the moment. It may be past experience. It may be whatever is right for the moment, but it may not be algorithmic. It may not be predictable. It may be something that actually arises in the moment and is valuable for that. 
that's a really interesting part of sovereignty. And I feel that's part of, that's one of the main pieces why we do not see sovereignty supported in the current medical system. Because who wants to see surprises when it's about saving lives, right? Who wants to see surprises when mistakes may cost lives? Who wants to see surprises when we have, you know, lawyers breathing down our neck with, uh, with some lawsuits, right? So, ah, wow, now we're really where it hurts, right? So this is a really important aspect of, of sovereignty, I think, that is the unpredictability in a way. And so that that tells us how we need to start to learn to evolve as sovereign beings in a way that still meets responsibility and quality criteria, right? Wow, that's an interesting concept. We do not need to make away sovereignty. That's the good old paradigm of very authoritarian, um, um, hierarchical, patriarchical, patronizing systems as we have them in place historically, right? In most places. So that's really interesting. And, and what happens is that we start to see what's needed. That is also, I think, something I'd like to highlight from what you were saying. It's being ready to see what's needed now. And what's needed now may not have been written in the textbooks, right? It's actually quite likely that it's not written in the textbooks, what is needed now. Right. And are we actually open for that? So it brings an openness and it brings a, it, there is a courage that comes with it that we need to be ready to not know, to see what's needed now and, and to feel and listen and explore at the moment of decision making what the right response is, what the adequate response is. Whew, that's really a lot that you've been outlining here. Thank you, Dan. Um, I wonder if I think it'd be great to hear Stephanie um, to kind of contrast your perspective a little bit with the patient perspective and see what is sovereignty from your perspective, Stephanie. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you, Jan, and thank you, Dan. It was a great introduction. And um, one thing I'd like to start off with saying is entering into a state of sovereignty, as you mentioned, Jan, maybe a glimpse in time or an experience. But as you mentioned, I think the important detail here is that we're trying to actually shift a worldview or shift a paradigm into one where we're able to embody sustainable states of what it means to be a sovereign individual as a patient or a practitioner or anybody in the world. From my vantage point, from what I'm seeing is that this is happening. This feels like something that has immense energetic momentum behind it, whether we're ready for it or not. So it's one of those things where we're simultaneously going through this process, as we've talked about, of understanding these qualities and these shifting visions that we can have to enter into a sovereign state. My experience from the patient point of view, and I can just give you a very brief story, is I was well-versed as a younger woman in practices of Eastern medicine culture. I was already teaching yoga and teaching meditation and actively committed to my own spiritual development. Um, and what happened was I entered into the system when I started to become ill and my illness was very mysterious to start. Um, and I was bringing with me my whole self, a sovereign being who already had this knowingness within me of what felt really good, what was helping me. 
And maybe that mental or emotional or spiritual shift wasn't connected, so to speak, with what was portrayed in my physical. But what I know happened to me was that because my situation became critical very quickly, in that critical state of physical breakdown, I was actually told by one of my many practitioners that were trying to figure out what was wrong with me, we don't have time for anything else other than what we're doing here. And I understood the nature of the severity of it, but in that languaging and in that determination to heal, to find an explanation, to get to the root cause, to try to figure out what to do, there was this understanding that it would be best for me to abandon these practices that weren't so valued in the current system. It was told to me, um, but also I agreed to that. And in those moments, what I didn't realize I had done was I agreed to separate from aspects of my internal knowingness because I was putting my trust into another system that I thought would help me. The missing crucial link, which I came to discover later, was I should have never abandoned what I had developed in my heart, that knowingness, even though the current medical model wasn't very open to some of the things that I was doing in that critical state. What I realized as so far as being a sovereign patient and, and embodying sovereignty as we know it is that there is incredible power when we enter into states of sovereignty. And I think some of the issues involved are that, are we prepared to wield that power appropriately? And I think that one of the elements of these last episodes we've gone into, they kind of display some of the properties and states of the journey that help us to wield the power of sovereignty and co-creation or creator of reality to the degree where we're going to really truly be doing the right thing. So for me, it feels like, do we really, the question is, sovereign states, co-creation, creating a reality, there's an immense amount of power in that. Are we sure? We want to be sure as much as possible that what we're bringing to that table is pure, purified, distilled, and in alignment with this holistic intelligence from this choosing to be in the heart space over that fear space on a daily continual basis, not only within, but with the group of people that we're associating with. Yeah, thank you. I can, <laughs> Stephanie, you always make it so easy to feel <laughs> what you're expressing. <laughs> so very clear and i would there's tons of things i want to <laughs> kind of reflect back here but let me let me first go to to ruby and say why don't why don't you expand on this from your perspective and then then we'll come back to this because i think we will i think the essence of what you're saying stephanie in terms of are we ready to to choose a tool an energy a force a power are we ready to pick it up or is there something in the way, right? Is there something we're afraid of or we're not aware of? Or what is it that that's in the way of picking that, picking up that resource, opening ourselves to this resource? So let's let's move on to Ruby and then come back to it. 
Um, thank you. Thank you, Jan and um, Dan and Stephanie. Uh, as, as I'm listening to all of you um, speak, I'm, I'm hearing us, I'm hearing us over the past few weeks um, and how this is, you know, exactly where we're at, of course, having gone through the journey of, you know, going from um, where, where we started <laughs> through, through um, intention, like you talked about, Jan, before we, we started this, this afternoon and, or, um, and ending up at sovereignty from self-awareness. Um, so as I'm listening and, and, and Dan talked about um, self-determination and this, this idea of, I, I also really resonated um, as Jan did with, you know, separating yourself from the algorithms and, um, and, um, and as I was listening to, to Stephanie talk about those, um, the, the, the real, you know, experience and ownership of the, the power that she wielded both <laughs> in, in giving up some and in taking it back um, in her story, um, which I think we can, we can all feel that, that immense power that we can give, <laughs> decide to wield to certain degrees. That's, that's really what I felt as I was listening to that. Um, and and now I'm gonna take that back to the system, you know, and and your this this idea of of choice that you just introduced, Jan, when you said, you know, are we ready? Are we ready to to pick this up? And 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 I and by we I mean all of us, you know, all of us on this call, but also everybody listening, every single person who touches the healthcare system, are we ready? Um, that's what sovereignty really drives home to me, and. And where I feel um, most powerful <laughs> in every day is, is this understanding that it's an individual decision, choice, um, like we've all said. Um, so this is what I mean. Um, we talked about what it takes. We've been talking about exactly what it takes. And it's not easy to come to the point where you can be aware of your sovereignty. It comes from deep self-awareness and a knowingness and a acceptance and a love and a forgiveness of your conditioning, the places that you've come from, all the things that continue to hold you back. And if you have that, if you have that deep self-awareness, which is ir irreversible, <laughs> I say that very firmly because that's how I feel. It, you never are the same and you can never go back to the where you were before. So if you have an irreversible self-knowledge and self-awareness, then the algorithms, the metrics, the quality, the, these, these words, the system, all of this has to change because we are different beings with this deep self-awareness. If I come from this place as an individual, I'm going to write a very different, you know, code of ethics. I'm going to write a very different um, patient bill of rights. I'm going to write a very different, you know, no history and physical. Um, it, everything, everything changes. And I know this because I've experienced this continuing to work within the system with an understanding of, of my own sovereignty. And now imagine if you have multiple individuals, let's just say, you know, four or five in one institution and they decide with intention, with clear purpose on a mission, on things to, to work towards, that, that system looks very different, looks very, very yeah. different. And to me, that's the point of, are we ready? Because that sounds awesome. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> My problem is finding others. 
Yeah. Uh, okay. So we're really, we're really coming closer and closer now. So I think what I hear from both Stephanie and, and uh, you, Ruby, is you're touching on role. So we started, Dan started with author, right? Be the author, be the director, be the, be the hero of your own movie, right? Um, and now we're touching about touching on role and um, what it means to, to have a role. And we could misinterpret sovereignty very easily as the little me, right? So if we're just full of ourselves, basically, <laughs> right? I'm the doctor here, right? I know what to do, right? You trust me, I'm the doctor. That kind of nonsense, right? So when, when that is happening, then um, we're identifying with role. And typically what happens in healthcare is, is really, to me, is really beautifully laid out in the Kaufman triangle of, um, if you like, that, that model of transactional analysis, where we're looking at what happens between people and what, what creates relations and what are kind of archetypes. And, and what we see here is this, this mm, the perpetrator, the victim and the rescuer, hmm. right? And, um, in healthcare, we have these roles. We can see this like all day, millions of permutations of these three roles. And they, we have learned to behave in a certain way like a, as a patient. And we've learned to behave and expect in a certain way as a healthcare professional, right? And so we're taking these positions without even, if you like, negotiating our starting position, without even showing our, as, as who are we showing up? And that's what you're highlighting, Ruby, is I'm never the same. So how can I even end up in an archetype, right? So, so what might actually be that sovereignty that is not constrained or limited to, to role, to, to confined to a role? And that's the self-awareness that you talked about. If I'm never the same, if I'm right now a different being than I was just now, if I give myself the freedom to do that and... To be honest, that's a side remark. If you ask me, that's probably the only freedom we have. <laughs> it it goes far, <laughs> but it's probably, I don't know. I don't know actually any other real freedom <laughs> than, than this one where I have the choice to show up as, as being in the moment or not being in the moment. As everything else to me seems to have some kind of limitations or constraints or be part of some game or role play. So if we let go of this, it means we need to cut strings and we need to cut strings with all our attachments as a patient, as a healthcare professional, as a, and all the things that are expected. Whoa, <laughs> that requires a lot of self-awareness and kind of really willing to be look at, to, to look at who am I right now, regardless of preconceptions. And that takes a lot of self-awareness. <laughs> so our previous conversation now becomes a different phase. So let's move to the second part that Stephanie was highlighting with this, which is this element of choice, right? So we're now at this point where we're realizing what is the role of this self-awareness? What is the sovereignty now that we're talking about? We're talking about the sovereignty of a higher self that is actually ready to be, to manifest at this moment, right? Is this higher self ready to manifest here in this body, in this mind, in this spirit? And, and what does it take? So what is that intention? And so let me uh, give the ball back to you, um, Stephanie, in talking about that intention that it takes, that, that choice point that you described. I think as we develop throughout the process of self-awareness, 
very often there's a process leading up to the development of the self-awareness to begin with. Sometimes that comes through a hardship, uh, a, a, a loss within your life, a job change, sometimes an illness. Sometimes there's something that reveals itself that we kind of get into this moment of recognition that this was important to me. This was profound. Uh, I'm going to look at life a little bit differently. And very often this comes in hindsight is we choose to, we would choose to have eliminated the experience and get to the hindsight. And one thing with this element of choosing is that in the sovereign state, there is an accountability and a love for all of the experiences that shaped you. Now, this is a very different story than we've been propagating often, right? Could you believe that as a two-time organ transplant patient who's undergone severe phys physical challenge would sit here in front of you all and completely own and honor that I co-created that for my highest good? And I didn't know what the outcome was going to be, but I know that this particular world is not just the physical. I'm fully honoring that there is much more going on than me within a physical world because I've experienced it. I've experienced these sensations and I've allowed myself to completely go into the direct experience. And in that, there's such a comfort and a knowing that no matter what happens to me, I'm going to be okay. No matter what, if I live, if I die, the rate at which I evolve or whatever happens in my lifetime experience, for me, that's not it. What we put all of the weight on the physicality and the physical experience, there's going to be fear because there's an got to get this done before this and you're going to die. And there has to be this rush of momentum and energy to figure things out and develop this self. There, there's a sense of I have to change reality as I know it to make sure I don't miss out on anything. And that creates a lot of friction in the energy field to begin with. When you broaden your mind and you consciously choose to realize that we are a small piece of this much larger puzzle. And in fact, it goes on beyond the physical realm and that we have souls and that we have spirits that move on. Everything relaxes, everything eases up. And there's this understanding that I'm going to show up and trust myself. I'm doing the best that I can in this moment and my development. And whatever happens, it's going to be okay. And this is a reality that's not often propagated in the world of health and wellness and the healthcare system as we know it. It's, you know, we want to, we want to defeat death. We want to, you know, make sure that we're focusing all on the physical. When we choose to see life outside of that limited perspective, a whole, another world opens up to where you can be in the physical and be diligent about your progress and your commitment to evolution in the physical without limiting the perspective of what's beyond. And to me, that is the critical choice of moving from this third dimensional matrix into the space of what we would call the fourth dimension, which is the heart space, which is actually beyond time and space as we know it, because there's no limitation to time and space in that dimension. So there just seems to be, I'm just, I'm picturing like a womb, just this potential of fertile ground for things to evolve, grow, and heal. 
that we may have limited previously in the lower density of just the physical. Again, it's very difficult to transcend from the, the, the little, the small I, the ego self, the third chakra, the third dimension, the matrix, because then we're asked to trust something that we cannot see. <laughs> and in the world of science, as we know it, this is not something that we typically value. So this to me feels like the main critical choice is, are we willing to start to trust things that are showing tangible results, but we, not, we might not be able to document in the same way, or it has to be different? Are we willing to take the years of knowledge and wisdom that we've studied and we've practiced and open up to something completely different where we feel like a beginner again, but trust in that collaboration of these two spaces, we're going to actually propel our potential in healing and healthcare for not only the practitioner, but the patient and everyone involved in that sort of a system. What I hear you say, thank you, Stephanie. What I hear you say is, is, there is a moment of choice between fear-based, limited, small ego, and love-based trust in the moment. And I guess in terms of what we're talking about, also a trust in the intuition about the future of medicine, right? When you talk about this is about changing medicine, that same applies to say we're ready to question what we've learned so far this enormous building that is you know we're standing on the shoulders of giants as dan says right with what we've learned in medical school and all the things this is fantastic right and we're willing to step to accept all of this acknowledge all this and kind of start fresh <laughs> start fresh with not knowing and with being a student again and not being full of ourselves and full of knowledge that is... This should be something that's very exciting. This should feel very exciting. It shouldn't feel an overwhelming sense of, well, that sounds very complex and I'm not quite sure how we're going to do that. And I don't know if we have the capabilities or energy to, I don't know. We're looking at it wrong if we're not seeing this potential that is just so evident in the field around us. Mm. This is, again, this is, this is coming. This momentum is, is right knocking on the door. And I think we should get excited to open that door instead of to think of the 10 reasons why we shouldn't. So, so Dan, when you hear what Stephanie is saying, and I think to me, this is a call for uh, if patient and healthcare professional are sovereign beings in that sense, then, then what Stephanie is calling for is, is a mutually empowering meeting, right? <laughs> between sovereign beings. So if I'm if I'm sovereign in that sense, then it is a given that that you're also sovereign. Right? That's not something we need to have a conversation on whether it's just me being sovereign. Right? So that sense of sovereignty is 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 available to everybody. So what does it mean then when we look at this is I mean, let me put that as a question to you. Is it available to everybody and and how can we stand in this sovereignty and allowing the sovereignty of the other and and actually not just allowing it but you know being excited being inspired being enthused by by this opportunity of this moment how can we how can we make this part of healthcare and healing is is this something that is important or is that just a nice to have <laughs> It is so important, but it's also so big. 
it's really interesting. It's like, it's not even, as you're saying, knocking on the door. It's just a flood. It's like, a, it's obviously a tidal wave of a flood that's coming. And it's one of those things that I think at some level, there is not even a choice what's going to happen because, you know, there's so much to unpack in what's been stated. Thank you so much, Stephanie. There's, um, there's something that just hits me right away, which is like, we are never separate from source from creation we are connected and once you <clears throat> allow that understanding then everything else and Jan you are great in kind of bringing out that higher or the the um the uh, triad that we kind of deal with and kind of you know oppressor and victim and perpetrator and but once you move and you become sovereign and you're choosing love in that four dimensional space, those are all illusion. That's all just something that we've tried to make meaning of in order to exist in a reality. Yeah. And so I'm going to try to unpack it as I kind of go the way I think about it, because it's unfolding as I'm even thinking about this. But <clears throat> once you're away from the power struggle and you're in this new reality and you have two sovereign beings showing up then anything is possible because it hasn't been written yet and the outcomes are not possible. We don't know what's happening. So it becomes limitless in that new paradigm. And so, yes, it's coming. And yes, we are vibrating at that frequency and we're right there. But because it's more than healthcare, it because it becomes an overturning of all of the power struggles that exist in order to make healthcare what it is, it becomes this bigger sense of, let's say, surrender into what is and what is existing. Um, to give it a little bit, I think Stephanie kind of really spoke to the point of that to come to this, I mean, even the listeners to come to this, many of us have had our own experience. Stephanie was really great at kind of revealing that because like in my own life, if I looked one of the most profound shift states, transformations I would look at is I would look at an old uh, notation from, let's say uh, I went to UCSF Santa Rosa, which had a fantastic obstetrics program, really amazing for a family medicine doc, really amazing training in, in, in obstetrics. But if you looked at a note from them, even though it was a very, what I would consider a, you know, a compassionate program, very thoughtful program, my notes are still like, first of all, written in military time, It'd be like 2208, which is just an interesting kind of, you know, aspect to it. And there would be like a rommed patient at which was like artificial rupture of the membrane. So it's like, basically I went in there, you know, this thing that was happening on its own, probably because of timing or anything else, but not even getting into that, but just like every single aspect of it was like what I did to the patient. I was like, at some point I'd be like, Oh, I had amazing training. I delivered, 100 babies in my residency training, which is a lot for a family doc. Once I had two home births and I watched life itself and the beauty and like the idea of even saying I attended those births would be more of what I would kind of say. It's not like I did anything. I mean, especially as a physician, this is the dance between a mom and a being, a baby coming into the world. I mean, I was 
privileged and lucky to be in that realm and to assist in any way. But just that language of like, oh, I delivered 100 babies. I Aram at 2208 and this happened and then this happened. Then I did this and then I did this and then that. It's just the whole thing is a shift. Like it's just so just painting that picture in one human being's experience, then you're just awe inspired in the strength and courage and power of my wife and our daughter coming into the world. And like seeing this is like, whoa. I mean, that's where it kind of like you start to have that experiential change into the surrender. Having home births as a physician is part of that growth where it's like a lot of people I know weren't it would be challenging to have the courage because you've seen something done in a certain way. And now you're going into something, but you're trusting my wife's intuition. Like, this is where I feel safer. I have you, we have a midwife. We're doing this. We have a hospital if we need to go to, but this is where I want to deliver. This is where I feel safe. And I know that that's where the opening is happening. So I'm just painting that picture to kind of see like, yeah, that's where the experience switches in into the surrender and i think so much of what we have to start rethinking in order to transform healthcare in this way is our language the way we talk about things the way we kind of all of it you know i mean it just even in sort of like you know the provider and the patient i mean it's just like i kind of get stuck on these things because they're just so interesting to me to move into this mutually empowered place. And I think the future, if we are going to, as Stephanie said, evolve, grow, and heal, and trust something that we cannot see, we need to give permission to one another. And we did this earlier in sort of a self-awareness and sort of like, wow, you know, here's the doctors, you know, hearing this from the patients, this is what we need to be doing on a global scale is really seeing each other. And then all of a sudden what starts to happen is all of the structures that exist are sort of the quote unquote middlemen that exist within all of us that gets between us and creator, us and source, us and healing. Those constructs are going to dissolve. And that's what we're starting to feel. But what happens when things are dissolving, where someone and it's been power and it holds them in, there's going to be a lot of trying to hold on to it. And that's what we're feeling as a human force right now. And so, you know, without getting political, without seeing what's happening, all of what we're feeling in the world right now, internationally with sovereign movements and expressions and vaccinations and all this is, this is basically, do you have sovereignty over your own body on how you are birthed and how you die and how you live? And once human is humanity understands that sovereignty, they don't need these people there to tell them how to do it and to pay them to get there. And then all of a sudden you have this total mass evolution that starts to exist. And that's why it's exciting to have the conversation. And it's very big. Even saying this out loud on a podcast is kind of making me laugh because it's like, Woo, it's, it's happening. But so it's evolving, it's there, but we have to fundamentally work together to create a new language, to create a new system, to create the permission to become sovereign so that we then can show up into it. And we have that permission already. We know it. We don't need it from anyone else, but it's almost like we model and 
bounce off each other to be like, yeah, you have it too. I have it too. Okay. <sighs> and then it's the surrender experiment into that. And then to see what happens in this next level. Can I, can I say something about that? Um, um, well, I'm excited. <laughs> so, so um, giving each other permission and and finding others, I, I totally agree, Dan. And I'm nodding emphatically over here as you're talking. Um, and you're you're totally right. This we have we th th this new system, this new language, it's coming anyways. And I'm just excited to be talking about it. Um, but in terms of the a lot of the people who may be at very different stages along the path of sovereignty. I just wanted to speak to that for a second, based on my own experience. Um, that we've been talking about this choice and you know, getting and I said it myself, you know, get ready, just do it. <laughs> and um, but I want to just share based on my own experience that yes, there can be this one dramatic moment of choice. Yes, absolutely. This this huge, you know, running out of the whatever or moving across the country or, you know, major, major external shift. But the most powerful moment for me was the recognition within. That was the most important thing. And I didn't start to have external evidence of that shift within that acceptance and recognition of the sovereignty within. I didn't start to have those external shifts until months later. So in answering the question, I, I just feel this is really important to say for people to hear and answering the question, is sovereignty available to everybody? I say 100%, 700% yes. And it looks the way that it looks for you. It, it's gonna look whatever. <laughs> it again it you may be anywhere along that spectrum and you, if you know you know you know you're there the rest is figuring out as i've experienced it how do i get closer and closer externally in the world to expressing that sovereignty and it comes from that daily choice so here we're back to that every day every moment really am i showing up because i know i'm sovereign i know i have that choice am i showing up Beautiful. Thank you. Uh, yeah, we're, I think we're, we're really kind of closing the circle here. And Can I say one thing very quick? Sure. I just want to say to kind of wrap, to kind of pull this, is that feels to me like we're now moving from this state of externally moving inward to really honoring the power of subtlety is really that the true spiritual nature comes from honoring the subtleties. And I think that's what feels to me where we're moving is to really come from the inside and bring forth rather than let me have an idea, put it out, claim it without truly having integrated and embodied it myself. Beautiful. <laughs> this is um, so we, we've actually moved from, if you like, an understanding. We started about sovereignty. Some sometimes it's referred to as, for example, state sovereignty. So very kind of established, firm rather rigid structures, right? And when we talk about general understanding of, yeah, you, we have to develop sovereignty, um, is about, there's a notion of an external toughening, an external crystallization, an external profiling. And what we're establishing here is that sovereignty is actually an internal tenderness. It's an internal surrender. It's an internal vulnerability that we're allowing to come through. Mm. And yet it takes that step that there is this choice point. 
and and maybe it's a little bit <laughs> feels a little bit like cracking a nut <laughs> it's it's when we're kind of stuck in the hard shell that we have and one part of us already has a sense of what this much bigger source is. If one part of us already has a sense that we're kind of constrained in our current frame, that by the time that part is strong enough, it actually, that's where that choice point's coming from to actually let go of the cocoon that creates a pseudo safety, a pseudo security, a pseudo knowledge shield, a pseudo stability. And we're out there and there's very little, there's very little stability out there, but we can learn to be okay with instability, to kind of go with being in a state of instability and find trust in that. And that's a kind of sovereignty that is not based on anything that's borrowed, either knowledge or history or, or training or upbringing or anything, but that now I'm actually standing on my own feet. And I realize how shaky the buildings were that I was relying on. <laughs> for maybe too long so wow what a journey again together <laughs> fantastic thank you so much this builds the perfect space for venturing into seeing the human before the disease because now we're actually ready and open vulnerably ready and open to to meet another sovereign human being that is sharing some tiny little stretch of their life and tiny little aspect of that stretch of their lives <laughs> Um, with us and where we have the privilege, as Dan said, to actually be in the room with them. <laughs> and uh, just like the experience that you had with the with 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 birth, right? Where you are not clearly not the one delivering. <laughs> and and actually here as well, if we're if we're meeting with a patient and we're showing up with a sense of humbleness and privilege of being part of this journey, that's a whole different experience than showing up as somebody who has a fir firm shell around them and knowing it all before it even started. So thank you. Wow. Thank you for this amazing conversation again. Really looking forward for the next round and um, where we talk about seeing the human before the disease. Have a great week. Let's talk to you very thank soon. You. <laughs> thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this Heart of Healthcare podcast brought to you by Heart-Based Medicine. If you enjoyed the conversation, you'll find some free resources and more information at heartbasedmedicine.org. Please share this episode if you feel inclined and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Until next time, thanks and take care.